Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes, and I'm very glad you're with us today. You can help me through this. Our planned guest has an unexpected conflict an hour before we're going on. So today our guest will be your host. And whenever this happens, I'm surprised all over again to realize how seldom it happens. It's been more than a year. And then I worry about whether I can be sufficiently, you know, interesting all by myself. What can I possibly talk about that I haven't already talked to you about? But it's been a whole year since I went solo here the last time. And in fact, I do have what I think is a pretty interesting topic. So with your support, I'm just going to plunge right in. When I spoke with you solo a year ago, it was to talk about design and functioning of reality, the genuine, of course, reality and not the illusion that you think you see around you. There is so much more that you can't access. And until you look at the evidence, you really cannot even imagine, imagine that there's anything more. Afterlife researchers have found a genuine reality in which all the afterlife related stuff happens, you know, afterlife and much, much more. And it's actually something we we estimate something like 20 times the size of this entire physical universe. So that is what I shared with you a year ago. The design and functioning of the greater reality and how it interfaces with the reality that we think we know. Where are the dead? Why? They're right here where we are, just at a higher vibrating channel, if you will. And when you die, your mind tunes to that higher level of reality, and it finds there a whole new and an equally solid reality in the same place where we are now. I did talk about this in August of 2019, so if you're interested, you can go back and have a listen. So I would have said you know, maybe there are two le- or levels of reality, but in fact, there are at least three, not two. At the crudest level, you have this completely illusory reality that your, you know, your lying eyes tell you is all around you, but it isn't real. Not even the matter you think around you is actually solid. And in the, all the most honest physicists have known that for at least a century. Uh, this is something I don't want to spend much time on, but it's important you understand this. Dr. Max Planck is among the biggest big shots in all of science. He won the 1918 Nobel Prize for Physics. And regarding this illusory material reality, he said, as a man who has devoted his whole life to the most clear-headed science, to the study of matter, I can tell you as a result of my research about atoms this much. There is no matter as such. Albert Einstein probably needs no introduction. He won the Nobel Prize for Physics three years after Dr. Planck, and he said, concerning matter, we have been all wrong. But we have called matter is energy whose vibration has been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. So there you have it, folks. We know then that there are at least two levels of reality. But as I just said, there are actually not two. There really are three. Max Planck also said, 
I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as derivative from consciousness. We cannot get behind consciousness. Everything we talk about, everything that we regard as existing postulates consciousness. Max Planck, more than a hundred years ago, discovered what is the basis of reality. It turns out that the most genuine reality, and the greatest physicists have actually known this for decades now, is what you and I experience in a very limited way as human consciousness. Next week, our guest is going to be our dear friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. He'll be here for something like the 27th time. And he'll be talking about his brand new and really wonderful book, which is called There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences. And of course, that's true. And Craig's new book is terrific. But wow, leave it to him to boldly go where no scientist, no afterlife researcher, nobody else on earth of whom I'm aware has dared to tread. The genuine reality that I shared with you a year ago is really just another deeper stage of the illusion. And today we're going to talk about what is universally beneath it all. It's consciousness, the base of every reality. And then next week when Craig talks about the fact that your mind is, is part of the one great mind that continuously manifests reality and nothing that happens in your life actually is real beyond the experience itself. When he talks about that and his book is full of evidence of that, it won't seem quite so strange to you. So maybe it's fortuitous that I'm doing this alone this week. Today, let's talk about consciousness. I'm amazed to have to tell you in 2020, believe it or not, that to this day, the mainstream scientific community continues to look for a source of consciousness in your brain. They call it the hard problem, and it is hard. It's going to be very hard. It's, this, it, this is what it compares to. It's like looking for the source of gravity in a box of Wheaties, because when you tip it, the cereal always falls in the same direction. It's like trying to figure out how your supermarket generates carrots when they, when they don't have any dirt. Consciousness is only a tangential and incidental relationship with the human brain. It doesn't come from the brain. As Max Planck said a century ago, and as lots of modern quantum physicists could tell you, if they weren't so worried about losing their careers for speaking candidly about this, what we experience as consciousness is primary Consciousness is all that exists. It is, in fact, the source of everything else that we think is real. Watching mainstream science's creaking and increasingly decrepit attempts to find a source of consciousness in the brain would be funny if it weren't so sad. As recently as a decade ago, and I've, as you know, maybe I follow science, popular science magazines rigorously, and as recently as a decade ago, they science, the scientists were still confident that since the brain has to generate consciousness, of course, that mechanism soon would be found. More and more, though, the scientific community has begun to see that the answer to what they call the hard problem might forever elude them. They still insist that the brain has to generate consciousness, no other possibility, but they just admit they might never quite figure out how it happens. And so far as I have been able to determine, even now, there still is no mainstream scientific theory that posits that consciousness is the ground and source of reality. And that means that the whole scientific community still is pretty much nowhere. 
This is astonishing in view of the fact that the greatest physicists, including, as I have said, both Planck and Einstein, understood the primary role of consciousness as much as a century ago. But the problem is that science is not the open-minded search for the truth that we always fondly wish it were. More than a century ago, and we've talked about this, I won't dwell on it, but it's important for, to remind people who haven't, uh, who perhaps don't remember this or who have not heard me talk about this, more than a century ago, the mainstream scientific gatekeepers, which are the university departments and the peer-reviewed journals, decided to make materialism, materialism a core scientific dogma so they could protect what they saw as the open-minded inquiry that science has to be from the influences of religion. And that's the reason, believe it or not. At the time, there were a lot of very good communications coming from people we used to think were dead, and they wanted to make sure that they didn't have to study any of that. So they put, they put into place a dogma that's still there to this day. I do think that those original gatekeepers' intentions were honorable. But the plain fact is that anything based on a dogma is a belief system by definition. It's not the open-minded search for the truth. It's a religion, and that religion in this case, of course, is atheism. Those now running the scientific show are terrified that if they get too close to it, they might inadvertently find God or something like God. But a belief system very soon becomes a fly in amber. It's insulated from new ideas that might violate its dogmas. So over time, it becomes more and more and more completely wrong. And that is what has happened with science. We've had really little material advance in the past hundred years compared to what we could have had if this hadn't happened. In fact, most honest scientists have long since come to see that materialism is, a, is just a blind alley. In fact, even matter itself is not material in the sense of being, you know, actually solid. But with a century of scientific effort now on the books that was largely based on a dead-end dogma, it's very hard now for our scientific gatekeepers to kind of, you know, pull an Emily Latella and say, oh, well, uh, well dear, oh my goodness, never mind. They can't do it. They're going to be, have to be forced to come to that realization. But fortunately, there are some wonderful young scientists already working to put together humankind's glorious post-dogmas future. The most promising of these is, in my view, Bernardo Castro. He's a young Dutch researcher who specializes in artificial intelligence, and he's doing some really fabulous work. About five years ago, he was still in his 30s when he came up with a preliminary consciousness-based theory of everything. Then in, on April 29th of last year, 2019, Dr. Castro was awarded a second PhD, this one in the philosophy of mind and ontology. Ontology is the study of existence. His new degree was awarded by no less than Radboud University, which is arguably the best classical university in the Netherlands. He's Dutch, after all. Bernardo's PhD thesis is a companion volume now, to his groundbreaking book, the wonderful book he wrote called The Idea of the World, a multidisciplinary argument for the mental nature of reality. Do you see how he's able to venture beyond and into what is actually true when he doesn't have to worry about the dogma and protecting that? Bernardo has been our Seek Reality guest three times, and his fourth visit is actually coming at you up in just a couple of weeks Dr. Bernardo Kastrup is the future. It will be a future when scientists will refuse to submit to anybody's dogmas. 
every one of them will be seeking the truth and eventually they will find the truth, which which actually isn't fine to hearted. I have had no training whatsoever in science. I figured this out. If I can figure it out, believe me, scientists can do it in a New York minute, as they used to say. And since researchers who aren't bound by the need to protect careers in mainstream science, many of them have already figured it out, you and I can talk about that truth today. In fact, nothing else but consciousness exists. It's consciousness that continuously manifests everything that we think of as real. Consciousness is hard to define, I think, even though it's all that exists and we use it every minute of every day. The best definition I've seen is this. Consciousness is an energy-like potentiality without size or form, infinitely powerful, alive in the sense that our minds are alive, highly emotional, and therefore probably self-aware. I'll say that again. Consciousness is an energy-like potentiality without size or form, infinitely powerful, alive in the sense that our minds are alive, highly emotional, and therefore probably self-aware. What you think of as you is of the same stuff that continuously manifests everything that you think of as real. All of our minds are inextricably, you can't get, you can't separate them. They're inextricably part of the same consciousness that manifests this universe, not separate bits, but they actually are part of it. You and I are not separate at all. We are one indivisible whole and we are one indivisible whole with the creator source. And since the illusion of time is part of what consciousness creates, if something exists now, then it always exists. Our minds are eternal. Everything else is illusion, so that will go away, but our minds are eternal. I cannot say this often enough. Your own beautiful mind is where you always are, not only now, but forever, forevermore. Consciousness is something like a form of energy, and like a physical energy, it vibrates. It exists in a spectrum of vibrations that we ourselves experience as emotions, basically, and they range from fear, anger, hatred, all the other negative, ishy emotions at the lowest and slowest end of that spectrum, to perfect love at the highest and most rapid end of the spectrum. And the higher its vibratory rate is, the more powerfully creative consciousness is. Its highest vibration, what we would, you know, you and I would call perfect love, the creative power of consciousness appears to be infinite. Everything that we think of as real is not just created by consciousness, but in fact it is composed of consciousness since there is nothing else. Anything that's real is consciousness. So rocks, trees, everything else, it's all consciousness. There is nothing else. Essentially, everything that we think exists is, as the very notable British scientist Dr. Sir James Jean speculated, everything is something very much like a thought. Consciousness has neither time nor space. It is This consciousness is really very much like a thought. Think about that. How big is a thought? How much time does it take? It's not real. We think it's real, but we think a lot of things are real that are not real. So, all right, is consciousness actually God? Well, yes and no. Consciousness is the infinitely powerful, infinitely loving source that continuously manifests reality, but the genuine source 
is nothing like what we have always thought of as God. The source is perfect. The source has no human failings. The source is nothing but infinite love. So I hesitate to call the source God, since if we do that, then we ascribe to it all the fears we have invested in the millennia of human-made gods. And that includes even the Christian God. Remember the term God-fearing? He's a good God-fearing man. There's a lot of fear invested in the possibility of a God that could judge you, could condemn you to hell. None of that's real. What's real is this infinitely wonderful source, which Jesus called spirit. Jesus told us that spirit was perfectly love. Perfect love. He was, Jesus was perfectly right. So let's call the source mind, maybe. What's, let's call it mind with a capital M. Life itself is probably an aspect of consciousness, or call it mind. It's, a, it's an aspect of mind. The quality of life is inherent in consciousness itself. Consciousness is alive. Another thing that still frustrates those poor scientists is the fact that, try as they might, they still cannot figure out how life arose spontaneously from some primordial soup. This is what they think actually happens. Some the chemicals somehow magically combined, and then electricity or something, maybe you know, lightning hit it, and it's a miracle. Suddenly we've got life. Uh-uh, that's not how it happened at all. If the, if you had a primordial soup with of any sort, that soup is, itself has as one of its aspects the the possibility of life just as your body does, just as everything does. So we don't know how it got started, but it was certainly a lot simpler than scientists imagine. And if only they would stop with their dogmas, it would probably be pretty easy for them to figure it out. So all human minds are part of one consciousness, one mind, not as separate units, but inextricably and as one whole. Anatomically, modern humans have existed for barely 200,000 years. That doesn't, that probably sounds like a lot to you, but it really is not. You can count it in generations. And for nearly all that time, we had no more awareness of why we're here or what's going on than your cat has as it purrs in your lap. It has no idea. Well, we didn't have any idea either until very recently. In just the past two decades, our knowledge of how reality works and why we're here has advanced so much that we can look at all of this now as concrete and part of what we know. It was only very recently, incidentally, that people realized within the last, I think, couple hundred years or less, hundred years, that people realized there's more than one galaxy. We thought for a long time that was the whole universe. It's not. There are billions of galaxies. Well, the same is true of this kind of knowledge. It's very, very recent. We now know, too, that our species is a vehicle by means of which the vast eternal mind that continuously manifests this universe can grow spiritually by experiencing negativity. And to answer a question which is now in your mind, does that mean I'm not separate from God? Well, yes and no. You will always be an individual. We're assured of this repeatedly. That awareness that is you, that will never die. So you don't have to worry about that. It's just that you'll come more and more to realize that you are part of the source. When I was terribly worried about this years ago, I woke up one morning and my guide Thomas said in my mind, you will never lose awareness. You will have God's awareness. And I thought, well, that's good enough for me, as long as I'm always aware of what's going on. So 
all of these insights, we can look back from here at the long sweep of human history, 200,000 years as human beings, and marvel at what we've accomplished despite the fact that we've always been so clueless. Think about it. Technologically and culturally, we've advanced by light years. But even though we come to Earth to learn spiritually, that is why we are here. That is why this universe exists. And all this time, even though that's the point of it, we've made very little spiritual progress. We each have struggled toward learning to choose love over fear and anger, feeling drawn toward love, but as oblivious about the reason why we do what we do as those, well, think about it, as those, are those moths that are attracted to your, to your back porch light. They don't know why. We haven't known why, not till very recently. We've, we've advanced in stumbles through many Earth lifetimes until eventually we achieved enough spiritual growth to complete, complete our spiritual development in what we call the afterlife. We've got to be pretty developed before there's, we have enough ability to develop there. Otherwise, we have to keep coming back here, and many of us live many hundreds of lifetimes here. Not in order either, because there is no time. Oh, that's all a topic for another day. But after eons of development, first here, and then in what we call the afterlife, those who were the most successful at elevating their spiritual vibrations grew to become the perfected beings who oversee our spiritual growth today. Think of it as a kind of conveyor belt. We start as really ignorant beings who only can develop here and gradually we become what amounts to an aspect of the Godhead itself. It's a glorious, glorious system. But that's been the process of spiritual growth for all of human history. Whether our, it doesn't even actually practically matter, whatever our technology is, whether it's, you know, the Clovis Point that's hot at the moment, or if it's nuclear fusion, whether culturally we're creating the first alphabet or the U.S. Constitution, and whether our human-made God was the Canaanites Moloch, who, where, where they burned babies in its belly, the Hebrews Yahweh, which at least didn't eat little children, or the modern Christian God, which is a more advanced, really an advanced version of all those previous human-made gods. Whatever God we've thought was, was existing, there always was very little awareness of our spiritual nature in anything, anything that human beings ever did, and that especially includes every human religion. We, we think of that as a spiritual aspect of our lives, but if it doesn't help you grow spiritually, then it's nowhere. And since Christianity does not follow the teachings of Jesus at all, and it has a whole different theory about what's really going on, it really has not taken us anywhere. But now all of this is changing, and it's changing fast. For the first time in 200,000 years, living people are being given insights sufficient to help us achieve whole leaps of amazing understanding. We're being given to know not only what we are and why we're here, but also what and where here even is. We're being handed depths and insights that the prophets of yore could only glimpse. We're told that we are being helped to achieve this sudden elevation in our awareness, and we have talked about this before. Because our assistance is very badly needed now to raise the spiritual vibrations of this planet, since it has sunk so deep into negativity that its very survival is at stake. 
The reason this planet exists is to give us a place where we can experience negativity because there is none in what we think of as the afterlife and really very little in the whole astral plane, which is that enormous, gigantic, 20 times the size of the universe um, reality that is just below the surface of what we think we see. But that negativity, if we don't, you know, keep it at a certain level, it will get so low that we can't get out of it. And that's where this earth is now. No one who has had a relatively long life, and I'm in my 70s, has, can, can help but notice that things have been getting worse. People have been getting worse. It's not our imagination that's actually happening. And it's because the vibration of this planet has sunk so deep into negativity. The consciousness vibration is below what we can individually raise. We will together be able to do it, but we need help. And that's why we are being given knowledge now that we did not have before. Where many people are being given to search for that knowledge too, where where we we, we all have guides, everyone does, we know that, and our guides are helping us to know that now is the time we have got to start to change things, to turn things around. Remember we talked about how the fact that we are all part of God, part of that one source, part of mind? Well, that's why it's so important that each of us who feels drawn to do it be working so hard to raise our spiritual vibration away from fear and toward ever more perfect love. Because when you do it, you affect minutely all the rest of the people on the face of the earth. What is that? Seven and a half billion people, something like that. If enough of us, and they're saying maybe 10%, maybe 15% of the people on this earth really work to raise our vibration, will raise the vibration of everybody else. And then what will happen will be what Jesus told us he came here to do, which was to bring the kingdom of God on earth. That's where we're going. But we're starting from a very behind-the-eight-ball position here. So it's so important that we all understand what's going on, that we understand, we accept, we revel in and love with joy the fact that we are eternal, we're part of that one source, and we have the incomparable, incomparable privilege of, of knowing here now what is going on. We're no longer like those moths drawn blindly to the light. We, are, we know what's going on, and we know we have the power to raise the consciousness vibration of this planet, do away with all the negativity, and bring the kingdom of God on earth. And that's what this is all about. And that's why it's so important that you understand why this, we have to know for certain that this is not real. Because for long, as long as you think it's real, you're going to think that the things you're doing matter here. They don't. All that matters is growing spiritually. The rest is illusion. The plain fact is that without the divine insights we're being given now, we would know no more about reality today than we did 10,000 years ago. Uh, I mean, you know, our, te our technological advancements are flashy and our cultural developments make our lives more fun. And the gods we've created in an effort to satisfy that core human need to feel closer to our source do seem to, over the years that God has gentled a bit. We, we, our, the God that we worship now does not anymore want us to sacrifice our babies, which, by the way, was something that gods did for many years. They demanded that we sacrifice what was most precious to us, so we had to sacrifice our firstborn children. No longer. 
that doesn't make this God any more real. There is, however, a real Godhead. It's just very different from what we are being told by any religion that's on earth. And we know this now because of all the information that we're being given suddenly. The scientific community's nonsensical beliefs that matter is solid and consciousness is an artifact of our brains have handicapped our scientific progress for centuries. And it's become a problem now, even much more than it ever was before, because that is a stumbling block to our coming together and working to make this planet what it can be, a place of love, human support and understanding, a place where all of us are working to raise the vibration of the planet, make it safe. This is the ultimate pollution, folks. Everyone who worries about global warming, there is something much more important than that. And that's the fact that we are tearing apart our civilization and the world with the negativity that we allow to continue. In contravention of these scientists' false beliefs, we've lately learned conclusively that you and I are eternal beings who have chosen to spend a little time in this fundamentally non-material reality so we can get some negativity, not too much hopefully, to push against because that's how spiritual growth happens when we are just starting out growing spiritually. That's This is basically kindergarten and first grade for, for people who will eventually reach the vibratory level of the Godhead. This is where we start. We think of this as big spiritual news because we didn't know it before. And hopefully it's going to be the source of many great personal transformations. When you really know this stuff, you yourself will never be the same. You, it, we'll talk a little bit if we have time at the end about the kinds of things you can do to improve your own spiritual development and it really they really make a tremendous difference but actually this news is a great deal more important than that in fact knowing what we know now changes everything until into this century which is only 20 you know 20 years old it was possible for the university departments and the peer-reviewed scientific journals to block whatever science they didn't like. All they had to do was keep it from getting any attention. You, 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 we won't give you a degree for what you've discovered. We won't allow you to uh, publish whatever it is you think you've discovered. Well, they've done that, and it's very soon gone away. There have been many scientists over the past century whose work has been ignored just because the gatekeepers wouldn't allow it to be published. But as this century progresses, you and I can more and more just easily satisfy our personal curiosity about what's going on just by, by browsing the Internet. I figured out ways to do it long before there even was an Internet. I found a lot of information in the early part of my life, which was you know mid-20th century. There was no Internet then. But believe me, compared to what I had to go through, for you, this is a piece of cake. You can learn everything that I have learned in 50 years. You can learn it in a year or two at most, if you would like to, and it doesn't, won't even be hard. More and more, as this century progresses, we are going to be able to easily satisfy our curiosity about whatever is on our minds. And it begins to look now as if within a decade or two, I, I I have friends who say I'm being optimistic. I'm not sure that's true. I hope I hope it, we don't have to wait longer than another decade or two. But but the what, the people who are studying this just on their own are going to more and more learn more and more real things that it's going to shift 
the knowledge base of our entire entire species. I mean, what happened to me when I began to learn this stuff and to people like Craig Hogan and Bernardo Castro can happen to anyone. And for curious people, when you find that one fascinating string of truth that you can tug on, it's very exciting. And the more you tug, the more exciting the learning becomes. To say that our knowing the truth about the primacy of consciousness is going to change everything actually is an understatement. Jesus told us this basic truth 2,000 years ago, and I think now that he was speaking words meant specifically for us today. All 40,000 virgins of Christianity are infatuated with the notion that Jesus died so we could get into heaven. And of course, now we can communicate with the dead more easily, and they tell us for certain that is not true. The genuine source is infinitely more loving and forgiving than any Christian ever has imagined. No, what Jesus really came to do was to teach. And even though the two-step, through the, through the, through the two-step translations that the Gospels have had to go, um, for, they all went from Aramaic to Greek and then from Greek into modern languages. Even through that, we now know that what he taught, not what was added later, which was a lot of it, but what he actually taught is true. He said, Ask and it will be given to you and seek and you will find. And that turns out to be true. All we did was ask. What we find is that Jesus actually told us way back then is exactly what we're learning now, that mind is the basis of reality and mind is infinitely powerful. He told us this most fundamental truth 2,000 years ago. He said that our individual minds are extremely powerful. The plain fact is that your mind is creating the reality that you think you are immersed in right now. If you are certain that you can do or be something certain of it, belief amounting to certainty, you can. It doesn't matter what, you, what, what it is, how impossible it seems. You can do it or be it. But if you don't believe it, you can't do it, no matter how easy it would have been otherwise. Your mind really is that powerful. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's Mark eleven twenty four. Exactly right. He was telling you how powerful your mind is. And when his disciples asked him why they couldn't cast out a demon in some situation, he said, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, tiny, tiny, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Matthew seventeen twenty. And whenever he cured people, and you know he cured a lot of people, he first always, if you read the Gospels, you see, he first made sure they believed he could do it. It was their own minds that really did the healing. He just said, I healed you. And their minds believed. That's how powerful your mind is, and Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that 2,000 years ago. The reason it seems to us now that civilization is off the rails is that most of humanity is so ignorant that we are creating a highly negative reality. Our minds are all part of that one mind, so negativity in some people is going to lower the vibrations of everyone else, and we only make things worse. But the opposite is also true. If a lot more people will work to elevate their personal vibrations away from fear and toward love, then together we can create an entirely love-based world. It won't even be hard. So the first big thing this changes, knowing these truths, will come when enough people realize that their individual mindsets are the direct cause of all the negativity now consuming the world. And when enough people get that and they work to change their own minds, then we all will begin to make truly transformative changes.
It's going to be amazing. But the second big change that will result from our better understanding the primary role of consciousness will come when many more of us begin to harness the positive powers of our own minds by using affirmations. Our planned guest for today had to be rescheduled for six months out. That's where we are at this point, folks. I'm sorry to say, because we're so there are so many people who want to come on, and, we, and frankly, there are so many people I want to share with you. But her topic is affirmations. She'll be back with us. And her particular slant on affirmations is that she sings them, which actually does infuse them with additional positive energy. But even thinking an affirmation is very powerful. As Jesus said about the powers of our minds, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, believe, remember, that you have received it and it will be yours. So never ask God for things. Instead of claiming the lack of things, you know, please give me the money to pay the mortgage, claim the gift. Thank you for giving me the money to pay the mortgage. And believe it, it will happen. You'd be amazed how well this works. Never ask God for things. Claim the gift. That's why I always pray in gratitude affirmations, which are even more powerful than regular affirmations. Thank you, God, for giving me the money for the mortgage. Thank you, God, for whatever you want. I told you that when I gave my life to God, and it's been more than a decade ago now, I did it by saying, thank you for giving me work to do. Thank you for showing me how to do it. I've recited those two affirmations every day since, and my life it started just a couple of months after I started I started that, that affirmation practice every day. My life is so full of the incomparable joy of loving, loving what I am doing with it. Gratitude affirmations work. Try it. They work beyond your ability even to imagine how well they, do, they work. Wow. Okay. So now you know that the genuine Godhead doesn't only exist. But the Godhead is the only thing that exists, consciousness. And the Godhead is nothing like any human created God. Instead, the Godhead is infinitely creative love. And each of our minds is inextricably part of that one mind which continuously manifests everything we think is real. Okay, so now at least you'll know next week when you hear Craig Hogan, you'll have a better sense of what it is he's talking about. I think his new book is fantastic. But if you if you don't understand just how true what he's saying is, it may be a little harder for you. And just just quickly, how can you make the most of the fact that your mind is so powerful and your and how can you make this your last earth, earth lifetime simple? Stop feeding negativity into your mind. I stopped watching television 20 years ago, and I've not missed it for a day. The only thing I know about what's going on in the world now is what I carefully parse from sources that I can control. I don't watch a negative movie. In fact, I really don't ever watch movies at all. But I have a friend who tells me about all the ones that have puppies and kittens in them and nothing negative. And, and sometimes I'll have one of those. But that's it. You've got to control, just as you wouldn't, if you wanted to live a long life, you would not feed yourself poison every day. Don't feed your mind poison, because it will it will damage your mind more than you can possibly imagine and make it so much harder to be loving. Never think a negative thought. Never hear anything negative at all. That's hard in this culture, because culture itself is so negative, but you can do it. As I say, I started this practice 20 years ago. And boy, it makes a huge difference in your own personal peace and happiness. 
we probably should have a guest on who can talk more about that because you deserve the kind of life in which you are not afraid, in which you are only joyous, in which the work you are doing lifts your heart every minute. That's what you deserve. And I'm going to see if I can find someone who can help you with that. Well, meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality, and with Roberta Grimes, who has been our guest as well as our host. I'm glad you were with us today, and thank you for understanding that it's hard for me to just talk for an hour, so um, I have tried my best to do this for you. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, and you never will end, and when you really get what that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. You are an eternal, powerful being. Jesus knew this 2,000 years ago. I don't, By the way, I don't know of any other uh, figure that we are aware of so far back who really knew these things. But we can tell from what he said that has been reported that he knew it all along. So if you ever wondered, what, is Jesus real? Oh, yeah, because nobody else could have come up with this information and had it in continuous possession for 2,000 years. So we know it's not more recent. And he, he told us the truth way back then. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and it frees you from fear like you cannot imagine. So next week, as I've said, our guest is going to be our longtime wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and he'll be with us for the 27th time. We are into our eighth year now at Seek Reality, believe it or not. And next week will be our 371st, I can't believe it, program. So by doing the simple math, and I just have to say simple math is my speed, but I can't do anything more complicated than adding and subtracting and a little multiplication, maybe a little division. Doing that math, we find that a little over 7% of the Seek Reality archives are now Craig Hogan's work. And he talked about so many different things during all that time. Maybe I'll have him on to talk about how it is we raise our vibrations as rapidly as possible, because that's something he would know about, too, and be very interested in teaching you. We'll see what, when we can fit that in. Craig is the most amazing man I've ever met. He's always patient and loving. I have seen him in tough, tough situations. I've never seen him lose his temper or lose his patience with people. He is just beautiful and he's tireless tireless in his effort to help you understand what really is true nearly all the wonderful guests we have featured each week are deep experts in some specific field whether it's you know death and what happens at and after death at the or the you know the afterlife consciousness astral travel spiritual development you name it in 370 episodes we've heard from a great many hard-working and wonderful people who are stars in their respective fields. I always try to find the best for you. But Craig is the only person I ever have met who's worked even harder than I have to understand how all of reality fits together. That's where he and I seem to be separate from all the other experts. We're trying to, be, to understand pretty deeply all these fields, but we're trying to see how they fit together because otherwise, how will you ever live in the world you're in now and imagine how what we're telling you is even possible it's easily possible that's one of the things we've talked about today it's just that our our minds are are deceiving us about what's real around us but you can if you get interested in this field do things that are going to help you understand what's going on at the second level which of course is what we think of as the afterlife and the astral plane and the base level is just consciousness 
Craig is an expert even more than I am in these fields, which is one of the reasons he's been our guest so many times. In all of those almost 30 visits, we've never really duplicated any of the, of the topics. Next week, he's going to be introducing to us his first new book in many years and has been the case since I first met him 12 years ago. He's again going far ahead of all of us. He amazes me. Craig Hogan's new book is called There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences, and I love this book. I hope that after today, um, you'll have a better understanding of just what is beneath it all, and you'll love it too. Because when you understand better and better what's really going on, it will make you happier and happier. Please join us. I think you may find this, you know, a little bit mind-bending, but I think you're also going to find it wonderful. Please join us next week. I think I'm losing my voice. I don't think I've done that before. Today, our guest, of course, has been your host. We've been talking today about the basis of reality. The only thing that objectively exists is consciousness. Our minds are eternally and indivisibly part of that one mind that manifests reality, and our minds are powerful beyond our ability to even imagine how to use that power. It's there. We, we, we don't unfathom the fact that it's there and that, you know, if you have things wrong in your life, you are creating those things with your mind. You, if you change your thinking, change your mind, you will change your life. We've got to talk about this. I'll talk to Craig about it. The more you learn about your glorious mind and its infinite possibilities and the fact that it truly is eternal, the happier forever you are going to be. As you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus. Finally, this is going to come out. Its subtitle is Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. We're soon going to be doing a major new program, and I now realize that Thomas wanted us to save this book for that. For young children, there is the fun of meeting Jesus, and of course, soon there will be another one. We have the illustrations. We just need the, the author to find the time to write the book to go with them. You can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you ever want to talk about any of my books, or if you want to talk about anything at all, you always can contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email. It can take a week. I'm sorry. I get so many emails, and we're working on so many projects now that I just realized there's someone I haven't, I didn't answer his email because it was especially wonderful, and I put it aside, and it's been nine days. I'm going to answer it tonight. So if you're, if you're listening, you will have gotten your email by the time you hear this. But I do answer every email. Just please make sure that you give me the correct email address. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, on realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and many other stations and places, including the wonderful, wonderful Revision 7 radio family. More and more people tell me that they listen to us on the um, Seek Reality app that's available for free in the iTunes store, so you may want to do that. Free is a very good price. If you ever wonder where we are now or what's going on, there is a tab on robertagrimes.com called Radio, and you can always click there. If you enjoy these conversations, you might also want to check out my blog at robertagrimes.com. And I, if you sign up there, it'll come to you every week. I, it comes out on Sunday morning. I use my weekly blog posts to work through some of the same issues we talk about on Seek Reality. In fact, there's quite a bit there on consciousness. 
which over several years I've been working out. So if you're interested in what we talked about today, you might just go there and put consciousness into the search bar on the website, and you'll find all kinds of places we've talked about it. We have more space for analysis and blog posts, and of course, that's something which uh, sometimes if something is very new to you, you need to hear it in different ways. This is another way for you to get more of that information. So if you're interested, please some, come and check us out and maybe comment. I love it when people comment on my blog posts. As you know, my role in your life is just to help you get to the truth in a few years' time rather than in the five decades this journey has taken me. I want most of all, most of all, to help you arrive at the sweet certainty that you are powerful, indestructible, eternal, and perfectly loved because then you can grow spiritually into the infinitely powerful divine being that you already are this is a lot of this is about just removing the negativity that we put on ourselves and getting down to who we are at our core which is perfect divine love living in that perfect love eternally is the very happiest you can possibly be meanwhile this has been seek reality with roberta grimes please enjoy please make the most of this coming week in our one reality Knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.